our our shows need to start running how whatever the episode number is. So we should have you've got to edit this one down to sixty seven minutes. No, because it's getting then, it's too long already. It's just gonna keep getting longer. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it should be inversely proportional. So in about you know a year, we'll have a five minute show. Hello, I'm friend of the show, Frank Wallen, the nicest guy on the internet. And you are listening to my friends on PHP Ugly, Eric, Tom, and John. This is episode 67, recorded June 29, 2017. In this show, the guys talk about blockchain technology, Laricon US, and as always, doom and gloom. So let's get started. This week, two days ago, a gold ATM was revealed at the Barclays Bank in Enfield, London. British comedian Reg Varney was the first person to withdraw cash from this machine. This is not the reason why the ATM machine is gold, however. But instead, it is gold to memorize 50 years of being, uh, of being recognized as the, first, the world's first ATM. And that withdrawal happened on June 27th, 1967. This oh is episode sixty-seven of PHP oh Ugly. My. How you doing, gentlemen? That, that was a stretch. If I've ever yeah. heard a stretch, let me you let know, me give this let me give this one a shot. Worst case scenario, I always fall back on a year. Years are easy. I can do years all day long. I try. I try to be a little bit more creative, but yeah, I can always fall back on a year. So you, you know that's coming. You uh, you know what the element with atomic number sixty-seven is. His, so his daughter, his, his his daughter tried that one. He 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 charged her with finding something to do with sixty seven, and she came up with that one. And elementary, said, no, dear Holmium. Elementary. I, you, you, the, the wiki wiki uh, Wikipedia approach doesn't work for anymore. I, I my my addiction has grown. I need something more. If you can find it on the Wikipedia page, then it's not good enough. I need something deeper. Just makes me want to judo so, throw you. So so it goes with a gold ATM machine. Gold ATM, 50 years, ago, fifty years ago, two days ago. I mean, what are the chances? What are the chances it happened on the same week as our sixty seventh podcast? What are the chances? Um, I ask you. Uh, one in fifty, John. <laughs> no, because then you got to do the year thing. To the third you power. Do the year thing, Thomas. No, there was a found, whole intersection there. there but you an found an arbitrary. You found an arbitrary event. If the event weren't arbitrary, then yes. Listen, Mr. Doom and Gloom, you have your little section of the podcast. I have mine, okay? If you're going to keep riding my ass about this, I'm not going to give you your Doom and Gloom. Tom, Speaking I'm on your which, side on this one. Which, <laughs> way too much. Way too much Doom and Gloom this week. What, what are you doing to me? I am not doing any of this. This is a, this is a nightmare brought on by our political system. Yeah. You are. are you jumping right into the news already? Oh my! No, God. he's no, bringing. He's we're asking not, why. He's asking it. why. No. No, the, how's your? But week, I man? do. Hold on. Before before we do that. No. No. I do want to mention the first. one. I do. I want to mention the one thing that I that I put on here that I thought was uh, really great, had really huge benefits for people, um, and I wanted to get it out really early in the show here. Uh, there is. Hold, a, hold on. Hold on. Wait. I need to drink my scotch. Can't go. <laughs> uh, 
gonna, I'm gonna cut this thing up like a Michael Bay movie. Oh my goodness! I cannot believe you just went there. How did Scotch? Tom, I'm you might sorry. Want to save that for you, later. You were now. talking. You, you were talking, Thomas. Yeah. Go ahead. Save it for later. There, there's, there's a community member at Laracon <laughs> this year who will be holding uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, um, which I think is super great. Uh, these events are well known for being debaucherous. Uh, I personally do not encourage alcohol anonymous. I prefer to know the alcohol I'm drinking, and I refuse to drink it anonymously. I have a stand. How disrespectful. Am I I, I disrespecting? I'm sorry. And it's absolutely absolutely not true. He'll drink anything you put in front of him. (laughs) Yes. That's true. You know, it's funny because... I'm pretty sure we can go back through the shows, and one of the very early shows, I brought up if we felt like there was a concern around the reputation we have with alcohol in user groups and conferences. And if I recall correctly, I was poo-hooed, like, what are you talking about? That's so stupid. But apparently, I wasn't so far off base. Now was I, mister? I think anyone that engages in recreational drug use should be aware of the problems that it can cause mm-hmm. and be given the tools to help resolve those problems. Um, I don't personally engage with Alcoholics Anonymous at all, uh, but I, I can definitely appreciate the need for such a thing in an environment that really promotes drinking quite a bit. <laughs> so I'm really excited I, I... to see this. You know, so I, I don't I, honestly. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say I can appreciate Alcoholics Anonymous to a point. I mean, I I think there needs to be something. My big issue with it is it is so religious based. Yeah, a, a place I, I used to work. Yeah, a place I'm not I used a huge to work. Fan of that. They they hosted AA meetings after hours, and just there were always the twelve steps up on the wall, and they're they're all like. They're basically pushing you into religion and saying religion will will cure you or solve your issues. And if it does, great. But there's got to be something else as well. There is. There there are there are non denominational forms of Alcoholics Anonymous that I promote much more. But it, I do understand. And I actually see. take ex- I take exception to to what you said, Thomas, because honestly, in in what I've seen in the PHP community, in the conferences I've been to, in the, the meetups I run and I've been to, that, yeah, sure, alcohol is present. Alcohol is quite frequently free. But there's not this big push to go drinking. Um, I do, I do no, understand. But, I, but I when understand you're an alcoholic, it can feel temptation. like you're being pushed. No, no yeah. Oh, yeah. If I you're, if I you're an alcoholic you're, I don't and someone's handing like out free beer. I think the opportunity is there. The, the temptation is definitely there, you know, to have free drinks and being surrounded by people who drink. I couldn't even imagine what that challenge is like. Um, so I do think that, but I don't think, I don't think that I I've been to conferences in other industries where there is a heavy push to get hammered. And I don't, I definitely don't feel that in the PHP community. I'm just that that's all I'm stating is I don't think, I don't think there's a pressure in general to go out and get, get drunk. But I do see the challenge, especially with people who are struggling with it, as it's far a central as theme, the availability. Though. It's a central theme, especially at like conferences like Tech, where every night there's either a sponsored event or a group of people going out to a bar. So I've heard mm-hmm. it 
from people, again, going to tech about that concern or feeling out of place because it's so prevalent. Yeah, I could imagine. I could imagine that John's that's trip with his family in town was very different than John's trip without his family with him. Nah. Yeah, of course it was different. <laughs> I, I just mean, a like, I, I, we did Laracon a couple years ago, and everything we did focused around meeting up together at somewhere that served alcohol. Yeah. Correct. I wasn't there, but I'm going to say you were correct just to break the yeah. silence. I mean, <laughs> I got invited to places that didn't have alcohol, but I said, well, they don't have alcohol there, so I'll see you at the bar in the hotel. <laughs> it's like, what are you going there for? There's no alcohol. All right, so back to back to what we did this week. Uh, all right, what... so fun, funny story. Hold on, I'm, I'm cutting in because since I since I did go ahead and offend everybody with my little joke about drinking scotch before we talk about the alcohol anonymous piece. Um, and Lair Chat Live. Did anybody listen to Lair Chat Live? I missed out on that one today. So I was, wor- I was so working happy. while it was going on. It, this, this, this was last. No, I thought this it was, was every other week, week, and you recorded last week. This. This was last week, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah. So I heard five the, minutes of it. We, we talked about it last week as well. It, it, it was about uh, open source uh, mental illness, right? That that whole initiative. And uh, we talked to Joe Ferguson. So we're talking about the challenges of um, people struggling with mental illness and development and, and life in general and, and what you could do. And, you know, it's a pretty deep conversation. And so it... it touches on a lot of a lot of inner nerves and emotions and all that so we get to the end of the show and we've been doing this uh hashtag giveaway where if you retweet our hashtag you have a chance to get this one year of uh github personal account for free so you can have private repos and all you don't have to pay for it so we get to the hashtag i'm like yeah you're great show a lot of that thanks for coming on joe uh, uh, Sean, what's the hashtag? And he's like, oh, uh, oh yeah, I think it's, uh, oh yeah, Laravel Meltdown. <laughs> really? Laravel Meltdown? That's, that's going to be our hashtag for our open why, source and mental illness show. <laughs> why was that the hashtag? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I mean, obviously it was decided a month or two ago when they, when they, uh, were queuing them up, and I'm not sure why the, why the Meltdown hashtag was, I, I don't know. I, I didn't connect the dots, and I was afraid to ask. Okay, so just so we're so we're clear, Laravel meltdown isn't pointing fingers at anybody at all. And no, we no, never... it, it was decided before before Joe was even uh, asked to be on the show. It, it, I mean, it, it definitely does not reference any of that. I'm not. It's just not sure. a funny coincidence. Yeah, just, it's just one of those kooky coincidences. I mean, and you know, Sean being Canadian, he's so like. He's like, oh, yeah, it's Laravel Meltdown. I'm like, oh, no, Sean, that can't be it. Please don't let that be it. <laughs> Too late. It's live. You forgot about we that We did part. have some meltdowns in the community this week, though, huh? Have you? Did you guys follow any of that? Oh, man. I. John, what would you do this week? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about these meltdowns because, no, I don't recall you... seeing anything. Oh, really? <clears throat> Yeah. Um, I don't follow things as closely as I could because I'm usually working. I would yeah, rather I, mean, I, I would I, rather not get into it. Yeah, I don't what? know. Mister Doom and Gloom doesn't it. want to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's some just... some major 
bridge burning going on, still going on, among people that I respect and hope someday respect me. And so I simply do not want to engage in that conversation publicly whatsoever. Wow, what's your That's probably a smart this move. This ugly. <laughs> I... <laughs> I, I'm in. I'm at All the right. point in, we'll in my career where I, I could say something. I could say something dumb and and not get a job ten years from now because of it. Thomas, I, I've already said it like four or five things dumb, and we're not even halfway into the show yet. Come on. Yeah, but you own you own your own company. <laughs> I don't. I don't have that yet. There's a, a so I, a lot of it. What it ended up kind of bubbling up to uh, Taylor does release a blog post on medium called community hoops oh i did and read that okay did you read that yeah, yeah. so that was that was kind of the, the the follow-up a lot of the stuff that happened prior and and i i wasn't keeping enough details of all the players and what was being said by who i i really i i've gotten so, so to the point where i've thrown my hands up in the air and i'm like i i so don't care about this stuff anymore it's just I don't, you know you don't care elite about people anymore, talking to elite people yeah but when you think back to especially the early days of laravel i can't imagine trying to maintain open source an open source framework like he's got going on and just have the community pounding you constantly about how crappy it is well you know? yeah Me, it was a lot of a lot of old wounds a lot of yeah. new yeah. wounds and very big name people in the PHP community blocking each other on Twitter. Um, so I didn't know it got that bad. It got real bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, like, Taylor was just sharing some of his thoughts of the past. Mm. So what'd you do this week? <laughs> hey, John, what did you do this week? <laughs> it's not official till Eric says it. <laughs> I'm going to stay on this topic. Now, we actually, uh, I think we might have hired a, a new developer. So, excited Wait, about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Worry, you, there's yeah. A, there'll be a pink slip in your in your box. I was going to say, this Don't is worry. news to the CTO. <laughs> no, so that's exciting. Uh, great great conversations with some new potential clients. It, it's we're, we're hoping this this good. one doesn't back out on us like certain certain other ones have. Yeah. They they looked us up. They see, seen who we are. And they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, no, I'm a little busy. Can't work for you right now." <laughs> <laughs> He's referencing somebody we were we actually extended an offer last week too, and she doesn't like us. We were I, very I, hopeful. I, I think Eric was stalking her. <laughs> uh, just, don't, this, don't get me started. Don't get me show, started. This show is gonna never gonna make it to to broadcast. <laughs> This is just going to be a show for us. It's getting uglier and uglier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. We had a we had a meeting with a new potential client that I'm kind of excited about. It could be a pretty pretty fun project to work on. That should be fun. I did a meetup. Yeah. You missed a, you missed you missed another uh, Laravel meetup, Tom. I, I'm really getting disappointed. I think that's like four or five you missed now. Yeah, and he's RSVP to all of them. I think. If you I know you're work. you're in all of them. No, I think I got removed as a meetup member. <laughs> Make no. room for new people. I I, st- I still get the email that says, "Hey, yes, talk about how happy you were to see him." I'm like, "But I didn't see him." I'm, I'm sad I didn't I, see him. You can still talk about how happy you were to see me. In the past. Eric did an Eric, Eric did an amazing job. The presentation was really good. 
Especially considering he started the his slides like an hour before. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you copy and paste from the internet. Is that Laravel? Laravel models? Was that it? Laravel models. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'll I'll put this together in in, in about a day and. You know, Sunday, Saturday rolls around. It's like I'll do it tomorrow. Sunday rolls around. I'm like, eh, I probably have a few. I'm, I'm probably good. I'll do it. Do it Monday. You're stealing my yeah, editing technique. <laughs> Tuesday, he's like, oh my gosh, I got to do slides tomorrow for tomorrow. But he did. He did an awesome job, and it spurred on some great conversations. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, it, we, we, you know. Yeah, the the group was getting smaller and smaller. We're gonna have to address that at some point and, and make a decision on if we want to absorb it back into STPHP or, or let it continue to be its own thing. But I mean, there's enough of an interest and there's enough of a topic that you know I I like having the focus, but it's just you know our, our vendors kind of changing their um their setup a little bit, and so you know we don't we don't get all the free stuff we were getting before and. Yeah, the attendance is, is dropping a little bit, so it's split it up into hard. Split it up into two tracks. You could split it up into two tracks. Well, that's what it was two tracks, but I can't get enough presenters. Simultaneously, I can't get presenters. simultaneously, same location. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> what are you talking about? Is this? Are you leading into something? Am I missing something? No. Well, yes, but no. No, you just have just have a second oh, so. projector, a second projector in the same room on the on the opposite end, and then you can do two meetups at the same time and, and claim that you. And then I then I then I put my little three sixty camera in the middle, and yes. whoever's watching the stream, they can just flip back and forth to whichever presentation they want to watch. Exactly, we're reinventing what it is to be a meetup. Are you guys getting tired of my three sixty uh, videos yet? No, I blocked you. No, that's fun. <laughs> I hate, I hate you with a passion. I really do. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I am so addicted to this 360 streaming right now. It's, it's ridiculous. It, you should, you, you, if you haven't watched the latest one of the pinball machine where uh, Frank, uh, John, and myself are playing a Batman pinball machine, that's my favorite one. So I, I, I did that one with a three with the VR goggles on today, and it was awesome. It was so much fun to watch it. So that was great. I'll have to go back and watch it. Hey, John, were you still co-working with us when I got the phone call about the down wire? Yeah, yeah. So right, what so was Thomas, it? it was, I, I don't know what it is. So let me give the, the listeners and Thomas a little background here. We're co-working this morning. And we've got a few things going on. We have meetings with clients and a couple other issues that had come up that we're trying to trying to address all simultaneously. And I get a I get a message from from my wife saying, "Yeah, the garbage truck man just came knocking on our door, and he said he he downed our uh, cable line, and you know to call Cox and have him come back and put it back up." I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Now, okay, first of all, he said cable line and phone line, and I was curious why he's still had a phone. Well, no, she was messaging me, and she was still on the internet when she was messaging me, right? So, mm. did she call me or was she messaging me? <laughs> she messaged you, but you said she, she, you told us that she said he knocked down the cable and phone lines, and I was like, oh, you, you, you were wondering why we still house? had a. F- 
that's true. You did say <laughs> like, that. why do you sell the phone? And that still actually might have been the line that got knocked down. We just don't know it. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, she wasn't making like a lot of sense, but our neighborhood is, is, is still one of the older neighborhoods in the area. And we, we have the power lines and everything that run over top. So it's not underground like modern neighborhoods are. And apparently the garbage truck came down our street, which it does every week. And I guess this one, there was something different or the situation was different. Took out some line that was attached to our house and just ripped it right out, right off the house. And I come home and sure enough, it's it's wound up in a little ball <laughs> across the street. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if that really came off my house. And I'm I'm counting everybody else's uh, houses, and everybody's got two wires running to their house, and I have one wire running to mine. <laughs> I'm like, well, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, he just took out the ground wire, so your house isn't grounded properly anymore. Oh God, that would be hysterical. That that would be fun. So yeah, I, I don't know what he dis- disconnected. I mean, obviously, internet's still working. We do technically have a landline, but we don't have any phones to plug into it, so we don't know. We just, maybe that's what he disconnected. I don't know. I don't know what you can look at. The, you can look at the actual cable ends and see what kind of phone or what kind of cable it is. Oh really? No. Well, I mean, what's n- not at all? <laughs> I don't know who to what? believe. What are you talking about, Thomas? I mean, no, John. <laughs> how, John, how do you look at the cable lines and tell if he ripped it off? Just look and see. Are there multiple wires? Is it a single cable? Like, I'm afraid to go. It's just sitting the over there, sparking. Man, I don't know. <laughs> sparking, oh, making this hissing sound. <laughs> Well, do you have TV? Does your TV still work? I have Dish. Yes. So yeah, it works. Yeah, so it's yeah. your it's your phone line. Yeah. So so that that was fun. That was fun. You didn't you didn't announce to Thomas, the IRC you... channel that we're streaming. Oh yeah, you did. What? Go on. What happened? Sorry, what were you going to say, John? I was I was going to ask you, Thomas, what you had going on this week. This what is this is happen. the week. That my my kids left for San Diego, so I've yeah, been. Yeah, they were over my house earlier. <laughs> you, you said you said this is when they left for San. Diego. Like you haven't actually confirmed that they arrived or anything. Like I don't. Actually, my wife. No, I don't care. No, my wife. They walked back. out the house. They haven't come back. Yeah, so it's been really quiet, and um, it, I've gotten an amazing amount of work done. Uh, it's surprising how much more efficient I am when children aren't screaming. Wait, did you get more work done or more games played? Uh, far more work done. Um, yeah, it's 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 been pretty nice. Uh, next week I have the whole week off, so we're gonna catch movies and meet people. Oh, you're finally using some of your vacation time, huh? Yeah, yeah. I decided that when the kids were gone was a good time to take a family vacation. <laughs> Dad of the year right there, buddy. Dad of the year. Oh, my kids are out of town. I'm taking some time off. They're with their dad. They're with their biological dad. I can't I can't now, what are you gonna for do? dad of the year while they're with him. What are you what are you gonna do when they come back home and they have a vacation from school and they're like, Let's go somewhere and you're like, I can't, I already used my vacation time. I still while have hundred and thirty four hours. 
Oh, man. I don't know what I'm do with you. No, I still have plenty right. of vacation time. I'll take some vacation when they're back in school. <laughs> <laughs> what What have you been up to, Eric? Uh, <laughs> I told you I told you my week already, man. We're not going back into that. All right. But you know what I'm excited about? Is it Laracon? Laracon, baby. Laracon. We're, we're in the countdown to Laracon. Very excited about that. There's lots now, of news coming out of Laracon, too. Yeah, as you know, Laracon has been sold out for months. So they just announced that you can buy a uh, streaming package. I think it was like 35 bucks or something. You can watch the stream of the conference, which just seems pretty reasonable. 35 Yeah. That seems yep. Tell you what, today really? only, twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, and also not just today. It's that's the official price is twenty nine ninety nine. Okay, so it's it's a little cheaper than thirty five. It's under thirty five dollars. Yeah, and they just and, tweeted so out why... too that they were releasing four tickets for sale that had been I returned or made available four last minute tickets. Uh, See, we, we were talking about this last night at the meetup or after the meetup that supposedly there's a wait list of a thousand people. But they yeah. keep tweeting out uh, tickets are available. I'm like, how does that work? If there's a wait list, I expect to be like given first chance of refusal there. So yeah, there's, there is no wait thing. list. Well, we've been talking about this since they announced the, the location because we knew immediately that it wasn't going to be a big enough location. And Taylor has started saying, you know, we're probably going to have to look for a different venue next year or even go multi-track next year. Because so the the multi track uh, comment got a lot of pushback. I mean, a lot of people like, and I I'm I'm among them. A lot of people like the single track conference a lot. So a lot of people stepped up and said, you know, I'm not really into. I mean, they would still go, but you know, they're they're kind of feeling like they'd rather not have a multi track. Um, a new location people were open to. I heard a lot of people mention San Diego. There's a new push. We, 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 heard, we, sta- we started, started a hashtag. <laughs> so, firing up the old hashtag again. So, yeah, yeah that's that's happening. San Diego Laracon 2018. So oh, I didn't include the year. You didn't, we didn't talk about that part. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and there will be full marijuana legalization by then in California as well. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's another reason, right? I mean, just, just right. saying. It's already legal. If that's you'll just be able to buy it. Well, you might be able to buy you can it. possess it. You, you can possess it now. Yeah, you can and smoke it right. too. It's legal. Yeah. yeah, you can grow it. You can grow it right now. And when your kids aren't home, you can leave it on your coffee table at night. <laughs> what? Man. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> a little sidetrack there. Yeah. So, Laracon, San Diego, twenty eighteen. Think it's gonna happen. I, I, I'm pushing. I'm pushing a little harder this year. We'll I'm actually if, getting more involved in the effort. We'll see if the United last States time you is tried to get further away. What, what was that? Term? Yeah, last time. I said last, last time, time you, you got tried to get from further... Kentucky to, to New York. <laughs> last time you pushed, it got it got further away. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna push harder this year. Why is it in England? 
Yeah, next year. Like, yeah, no, we're just doing Larry County EU this year, folks. I'm sorry. We're not. We won't yeah. even go into North America. Just tell tell Taylor that you're moving out to New York so that next year it's going to be easier for you to attend. Oh, yeah. San Diego sounds great. San Diego's the, the next big tech industry hub. That's it. If I left the country, he'd be like, oh, yeah, no, let's go to San Diego. He would probably move to San Diego at that point. Uh, fun. All right, that was fun. We're gonna start talking about some news. So, I, I, I have. So I didn't. I. Fine. What your no, thing? No. No, no, your thing. No, my thing isn't a thing. I actually have something to say about a couple of these stories. So start wherever you want to start. What do you guys know about Ethereum? Uh, that I own some. Eric. Apparently, he owns some too. Apparently we own some, yeah, yeah. John, John, you know you're not married anymore, right? <laughs> no, no, no. You you don't understand. We are, we are, we are married. We we're business married. So bound know. by the blockchain. I, I, Ethereum, it it sounds fascinating. So the whole it's kind of like Bitcoin, but within you can actually put programs into the blockchain that get executed on people's machines to determine if a transaction can happen. And I guess there's a... F- wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. A- we invested in this? What the hell, John? <laughs> so... It, it, doesn't it sound amazing? This is, yeah, here's the thing, is that I got interested in Ethereum after reading about the world's largest heist of digital money, which was Ethereum. Is two hundred and fifty million dollars of Ethereum, and what? That was one person's account, or they they heisted that from multiple accounts. They heisted that from a thing called a DAO. So this is the thing: is this article? This is a Bloomberg article. This is not a BuzzFeed article. So it took me a straight up half an hour to read. It is really, really, really long. Um. And it tries to detail out sort of how this kind of thing works. For the life of me, this is way over my comprehension level. Way, way over. Wow. Um, the, the blockchain stuff, I understand cryptographic signatures and chain tracking and management. What Ethereum adds to that is, I don't know. Uh, an amazing level, an amazing level of complexity, uh, another level of security, and just, uh, just really, an unbelievable level of of control over the blockchain. Um, so, I guess one of the early developers slash investors had created a a pool fund for marketing ether um he the the intention was to use the money in the fund to promote uh ether trading or ethereum trading um block analysis tons of just work and he expected it to get maybe five million dollars max um but it ended up getting a quarter of a billion dollars in it and (laughs) someone found an exploit in the that's like an office space thing, right? Where you forgot right. to put the period in the right spot. 
Well, it turns out that yeah, there was a, a fraction of a penny. <laughs> it turns out that there was like one line of bad code that could be exploited to drain the entire account and nothing could be done about it. Um, and what the story becomes is literally a Hollywood movie. Uh, the, the, the players in the, in the event are all nerds by varying degrees. So it's not a great Hollywood movie, but once, once the script gets punched up, I mean, this is going to be a movie guaranteed. Everyone involved knows it because of what happened. And, so what the hell happened? Somebody, they think it might have been a group of people in Sweden, stole $250 million worth of Ethereum. The Ethereum group that maintains these blockchain servers and things like that said, hey, uh, that's bad. It was a community fund, so it was the worst. And They hit we, the reset button. They did. They altered the blockchain... And then they had a big day where all of the people running blockchain servers switched over to a new version that had the altered blockchain where this transaction never occurred. But some of the people in the Bitcoin community called bullshit. Um, and we'll get into why, but they basically said, we run Ethereum servers too. You're hurting our currency's value by forking it Uh this way so we're going to maintain ethereum classic and you guys are new ethereum and so now both blockchains are active and running and they are separated by a single transaction or or, or a single event it was actually lots of transactions they're, they're separated by this single event that was either erased from history or not erased from history and your moral stance on basically correcting theft it, it's hmm. it's amazing so because a couple, couple things i want to talk about here and i i know thomas you can ramble on about this for another 45 minutes because that's the talent that you have but mm -hmm, i want to kind of get mm -hmm. into some meats of this here i want to say thank this you article this article alone which we will be linking to in the show notes what's with this code like there's code in the article did you notice this it is the shittiest website i've ever had to read something on move your cursor to the left or right side of the of the screen that's what i'm referring to if, yeah. if i move it to the left i see like this code that is this the code that was exploited or what what is this um no it is not oh what am i looking at it might have been code to execute uh it looks like this looks like a sample dao contract or it might be some exploit huh. code they don't explain it in the article but I know that it's not because it has line numbers on it, and the line number where the exploit was was 666. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> Straight up. And that just happened to have... Really? Yep. Uh, That's hilarious. Yeah, line 666 was the uh, the place where the transaction paid out the rewards to contributors, it, which it, was incorrectly decrementing do these do these posts to the right relate to the relate to the story as well i mean i see the reference doa but it's like i i don't i don't understand if i'm supposed to be looking at these or not good question security do not panic oh yeah it does look like they're related to the story yeah 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 but they're not yeah. it, it, it's it's incredibly bad design for the website it is why they're doing I, it. I see i see that this is this is somebody trying to trying to be way too clever with 
with design and user interface, user experience, yeah. because this is this is just too much. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, not a fan. But I do want to talk a little bit more about the blockchain technology. Um, you know, what what are your opinions on that? Like, do you think that's a real field to for developer for the the general developer to be interested in and i will prefix that with i am extremely interested in it we actually have a client who is extremely interested in it and i think that client has a very good use case for blockchain and we're kind of working drugs. through yeah that's <laughs> but, but actually and you would appreciate this right it's it's evident evidence collection so the idea would be that uh, once evidence is collected and the document is established, that blockchain now validates that document. So that document cannot be altered anymore without without triggering some sort of notification saying, hey, this is not the original document of evidence that was uh, initially established. Unless, and, I mean, if you, unless you store your evidence in a quantum superposition. Okay, listen, stop trying to break this, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to ask you a very simple theoretical question on how you feel about this technology. I mean, so the, the idea of being able to lock down and, and validate the existence of an object in virtual space, I mean, do you think this is something that developers should be working on, like spending some their time trying to develop? I think I think if you are interested in this, um, then then do the research, do the, the the work. I'm starting to get into it. I've got my mining set up, ready to go. After this, the the best application hasn't been found yet. So it is a currency seeking a market. Now in in America, we we made a market. Um, well, we I'm, made... I'm talking about block. I'm talking about blockchain technology, though. Now. I'm not talking about Bitcoin or not or Ether or any of that. Was... Yeah, I'm just it's... talking about the the idea of blockchain because I I've heard it referenced like you know the medical field could use it to transfer documents from you know one healthcare provider to another, and you know like I said, we have a client that's that's interested in it for evidence. Blockchain in general, do you feel? is a good technology because to, to me it seems fascinating it is it, it it's a fantastic technology um it has its problems uh one of the problems is actually exampled in this article where the the transactions came from a blockchain sieve that converted one currency into another so you can see you know, early internet type behaviors coming out of this blockchain universe. Um, because it really is like a, like an internet within the internet. It really exists independently and can only be analyzed from a specific position. Are you playing different cassettes, John? Yes. Am I being tapped? I don't know what you're doing. Trying to adjust oh, I, I, I had a stinking... See, I did it again. I had... I didn't play my sound clip for my intro. I had a whole money sound uh, clip. It's almost as if they're not my, worth it at all. My buddy even helped me uh, figure out what to uh, what to put in there. Friend of the show, Frank Wallen. Oh my. Friend of, friend oh of the show, goodness. Frank Wallen. Yes. 
Nah, yeah, the nah, the blockchain. So the, my my concern. Was, blockchain is important. My concern with the. John, John, your opinions. Nope. Go. Nope. I want. I want to. I want to hear Tom first. Oh my God! Are you Canadian? Okay, my issue with the blockchain is <laughs> for what you're talking about. The the blockchain currently works with as far as Bitcoin is because you can mine it, right? And that's what makes it work. I want to see what happens when we get to the end where you, you get nothing for mining. Actually, the blockchain is, is just it... tracking transactional values of a mined value. So the the mining is separate from the blockchain. Yeah, but doesn't the blockchain... The mining is what makes the blockchain work. Other way around. The, yeah, that's... What do you mean the other way around? The blockchain establishes it, ownership of the mind value. And You're the only way to get regard- added the only way to get added to the blockchain is by the mining. Right, but that's because the blockchain only accepts newly added mind values. Blockchain right. is just the blockchain is just the chain of evidence. The evidence itself is the mind value. But I guess the question we're asking, and this is where I continue to get lost, is the reason the blockchain, the the reason there's this agreed upon understanding of the blockchain in that, in the the case of Bitcoin, a transaction is is valid is because those blockchains are are distributed across multiple systems that are, are now mining for Bitcoin. In the case, like we're talking about, where people are trying to leverage it for other technologies, and I think this is the point that John's getting to, is how do you create that distributed blockchain environment if there's no benefit, no payoff for the end user except to be able to say, yeah, that document is really a lease to a house because I'm a good person and I will validate that for you. So you have an authority which knows the the evidence values. Uh, in the case of a, an SQL entry, it's incrementing automatically. So it'd be really simple to say, this is evidence item one. I am creator of evidence item one. So I am the first position on the blockchain. And then from now on, that collection of servers acts as the authority to the current location and value or or, or probability of transaction between two people so you have your wallet id you have the value of the package or evidence and then you have the blockchain which is the distributed value amongst servers of the transaction history for that specific package of evidence Um, in bitcoin it works very creatively to encode the bitcoin into the blockchain but that's not in any way necessary the blockchain is just um, private keys, signing private keys, signing private keys, and publicizing your signature, and then having it authorized by a collection of, I think in Bitcoin, it's 20% of servers agree with you. So if 20% of servers agree, then they'll reissue the transaction to each other, and that transaction will propagate across the rest of the network. So the blockchain mm-hmm. itself isn't valuable. It's just a means of tracking possession and validity of the the package in the end so right that's that's the exact question we have though yeah and that's something that that people have tinkered with by creating block coin or uh, bitcoin coins 
or Bitcoin scratcher cards. Uh, I'm not sure if you ever saw this, but there was a company that was selling one Bitcoin as a card with a scratchable back that gave you the the um, current position of the block so that you could type it into your computer and get the Bitcoin back. So it, it's it's a great technology looking for a great application. Um, tracking evidence would be a really great application. Um, military See, would I have still... a ton of uses for tracking authorization or, or dissemination of commands. I, I still struggle with military aside because I can see how that works. I still struggle how a commercial entity, let's say Company A, who wants to do this evidence collection uh, blockchaining approach, how that company would convince enough minion servers to validate the blockchain and to become part of the blockchain for their service if there's no value to those minions for doing that like well, you how, how is that so that the the reason that bitcoin succeeds in doing that is because it's a distributed currency in its nature so mm-hmm. telling people hey if you want to if you want to get your money run this application if you want to be part of the community run this application instead uh we'll we'll promise to keep sizes down which it turns out they can't do and now it's hundreds of terabytes in the blockchain, but the the incentivization in this case would be I'm providing a service. There's only one authoritative server, and we back it up nightly on a fireproof safe tape automation. Well, that's system. one point. It's not they don't want a, an authoritative server. They want it to be distributed just like Bitcoin is. Yeah, too bad. Right, and, and what's the, what's the benefit of of having having it be blockchain at that point, right? Because I mean, the other approach, like the interim approach that we're working on right now is using um, a solution that uh, puts a version on the the record, uh, a revision number. You just sold Ethereum Classic. That is the issue with Ethereum Classic versus new Ethereum. So these currency systems, they are founded on trust. So when, when when a block chain can be edited to remove a transaction to take money away from somebody the only way you can trust the currency is that tracking of the blockchains is done by multiple independent sources that is what establishes the trust and the people who are continuing to use ethereum classic in the face of a ha- of a quarter billion dollar loss are basically saying if the community gets together to edit the blockchain they are actively destroying the trust in what a blockchain means. So they're arguing that the new Ether, the new Ethereum, is actually damaging faith in Bitcoin because it implies that Bitcoin could do the same thing and that people's morals are being applied to something that is supposed to be morally abject. It's supposed to be, for everyone, judgment aside, secure transactions. So multiple servers equals trust. Multiple independent agencies running a server is exclusively to establish trust and then redundancy. In the case of an evidence system that they're trying to sell to a police station, that level of trust is inherent in them selling. Okay. So so they'll More have to, to say about... they'll have to say if they're going to track evidence or medical records, they'll have to say here's how secure 
our blockchain server is. Here's the Mission Impossible type situation that would have to occur to falsify evidence. So what, you said you're going to start mining. Why did you decide to start? Because from everything I've read, getting into it now, you basically use more electricity. You'll pay more in electricity than you will ever get mining a Bitcoin. I'm, I'm going to mine Ethereum, which is still in oh, the... Okay. It's still in the maybe, maybe not area. Um, I want to get into it because I'm curious about the DAOs and how they work and how they're applicable to things like evidence, you know, tracking and medical records. I'm, I want to get into it to see what it is. If I start mining it, that gives me the opportunity to investigate how mining it pays off, how transactions are handled. So it's, it's self-motivation. Yeah, so from my understanding of Ethereum, the whole idea is you write these programs and then you give it gas, which is money. And the as your computer is executing this program, you're basically sipping that gas. You're, you're getting a little bit of that fee to run that, that program on your machine. And once that contract is out of gas, it doesn't get run anymore. So right, that's that's if you're in, paying I put into this a out DAO. There. Okay, Which um, we still haven't defined a DAO. Yeah, I, see, that's the thing is that I know that a DAO is is an executable of some type that, when it finishes executing, it pays out. And beyond that, I don't understand. This is a new form of market. I mean, this is this is literally a program that you can tell people, hey, run this on your computer for a while and it will pay you money for every CPU cycle you can milk out of your system. That's a new mm -hmm. thing. And then and you say the, the money is in the application that's running. So it's like it's paying out like, uh, like putting your money in a coin changer. So it's not, it's taking this concept of mining and saying, yeah, we used to mine for new Bitcoin addresses, but now you can write a program that mines for anything you want and pays out at a rate of X and you can give it to anyone who wants to download it and it'll pay out into their, their wallet. It's making, it's, it's crowdfunding execution of large algorithms and it's paying the users to do it in a, in a way that is so transparent, automated that I, it's, it's, it's a crazy new world where an executable that I download today is worth less than the exact same executable that I downloaded two days ago because it's been giving money out to people who've been running it. That's insane to me. So is, is that the mining you're talking about doing? You're, you're just going to start running these random applications? or No, I'm going to mine for Ethereum blocks, which is the which is the the coin format of these DAOs. So you have to get a, mm -hmm. a token. You have to get an Ethereum token to put into a DAO, and then you send the DAO out to people, and they execute it, and it pays them out that token based on your algorithm. So it doesn't have to be mining. It can be uh, take a picture of a dog, and I have an algorithm that verifies that that's a dog, and then when I verify mm -hmm. that that's a dog, it pays out the Ethereum coin. So mm -hmm. whoever gets me the picture of the dog first gets the coin. It could be anything. It, it's it, it's money tied 
to binary, there's no limit. Hmm. Well, there is a limit to the time we have on the show. So if we want to uh, get to some other topics here, we should probably move on. Bitcoin. <laughs> Killing me. Killing me, small. Let's talk about... Talk about your Girl Scouts. Whose Girl Scout story is this? This looks good. That's my story. I think all the stories are Thomas's. They are all mine. All right. Talk about your Girl Scout story. The Girl Scouts are are now going to be issuing a badge for cybersecurity. That's cool. I think that makes sense. The first time I heard this, my my immediate reaction, my my knee jerk reaction was, "Boy, that's stupid." Was when. <laughs> And then, so, so the the next question is: Don't there, don't cut me off there. Don't cut this... me off there, because I just made myself sound off. <laughs> my, my second, my second was my second reaction. My second reaction was: Gee, I wish my daughter had that. <laughs> it'd be right. it'd be nice if she knew to store her passwords in a password manager. So that's, I mean, I think that's the natural evolution of those organizations, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, to start to have these cyber badges. My big question is, when are they going to start having badges to learn coding, to learn They the already program? do. Do they? Yeah. That does it. Both, <laughs> both groups already I'm, do. I'm, I'm, joining the, I'm joining the Boy Scouts again. I don't care what that, that, what that judge said. I'm going to go back to Boy Scouts. <laughs> My question is, when are we going to start seeing virtual scouts? With 360 cameras. You put a 360 camera no, no in the forest and everybody one. camps Everybody camps from home. <laughs> so you got the 360 <laughs> camera in the woods. Everybody's at their house. They're all interacting Telling with ghost each stories. other. Scrolling around. Exactly. That's perfect. And, and they're ch- trading bitcoins. You'll never right, guess what done. city this is in that they're doing. This is a good show. Badges. Let's wrap it up. What? What? Palo Palo Alto. Why? Why would that surprise you? Yeah. No, I think I think right, uh, virtual scouts would be great. Where it's something similar no, to no, Laracat. That would okay. be terrible. All right. That would be terrible. I, so on, on two of the other stories, I actually have some interesting things to say about both of them. John, and it has nothing to do with what's on the on the card. I we got a up. problem here. What, what world are we living in that John wants to Wait, keep going? Like can we're I an mute hour Eric? in. Oh, shoot, I can't mute we're Eric hour. from Zencaster. God damn it! All right, go. all right, uh, yeah, oh, grab no, one, John. That doesn't. No, Eric wants to end the show. No, Eric's muted. So, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue what the what the actual topic is about on the card, but I, I did have an. It's pretty self-explanatory. I, I didn't read it. I just know it's about Let's Encrypt. 100 million certificates issued. That's the headline. I went to renew a certificate. went to renew a certificate this week and was having issues. So if you're having issues renewing, update your CA certs, uh, certificates. Good to go. That's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> I don't know why I had to do that, but I did. I'm trying to help people. It's OCD is what it's called. Eric, put the card. You, Eric, you're the one who put the card here. I never said I didn't. I I'm, I didn't want to talk. I wanted to I wanted to blow over it. I didn't right, say I didn't sweet. put the card there. Yeah. So uh, I I saw a report um from Shiner on security, uh, that was talking about forms submitting data before the user pressed the submit button. That 
That's not that uncommon. I know. That's the thing is that this is being presented as news, but to me, I had actually seen this in action several times before. I've I've filled out a form halfway and then decided I didn't want to fill it out the rest of the way and left the site, closed the tab, and then gotten an email saying, hey, you didn't finish filling out the form. What's up? You don't want to join our service? And I was thoroughly, uh, so, thoroughly weirded out. I, I well, did that at a previous weird? place on the checkout form as they, were, as they were filling it out, you know, checking out, capturing everything. Was that a bad thing? <laughs> you're, the, you're the reason why the internet's a bad place, John. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, that, like the idea of, as you're filling out a form, information's being submitted, I'm not sure why that's shocking. It happens all the time. You know, I go to Google Maps, and I start to type in an address, and it starts auto-completing addresses, you know, trying to figure out what I'm typing in. Yeah, that's always happening. So the fact that it's capturing the form as you're filling it out... Capturing for the purpose of marketing... Yeah is different for me when welcome to the welcome to the internet buddy <laughs> that's the thing is that this this article does go into why this is a problem and i think the issue at hand is that is that the way people behave when they're filling out a form to sign up for something is not as if someone is looking over their shoulder and gathering the data whether or not they ended up handing the data into the person at the desk people treat the internet the same way they treat very tactile things in real life so when you're filling out a form, people feel like it is a paper form. They don't feel like it is a dynamic form with the capability of doing anything it wants to with your data. And oh, yeah, it, I, is, I think that... it is invasive to submit data by the user that wasn't intended to be submitted. I, I think the the nah. big thing that that an end user has to look for is where are they where are they agreeing to the terms and conditions because once you agree to that it's it's free game right I mean they can they can start you've agreed to the terms and conditions so they can start capturing your information if they, you're filling out the form and at the bottom of that form it says check here to agree to the terms and conditions and you don't complete the form and this happens and you su- suspect that you know they they've captured your data then you you might have some potential legal ground to stand on but but you don't because that legal ground was already tread over single opt emails so there are rules when you capture someone's email address about contacting them and there's a single opt and a double opt email and basically once they've captured your email for the first time whether or not you've agreed to terms of service they're allowed to email you one time they can ask you you to join in but that's just the email that's that's a legal ground that's already tread over the email but if you're typing in additional information i mean imagine if facebook introduced a feature that said uh check out out the comments anything well we we need to imagine though but but i'm saying we we need to understand what the precedence is what's being done right now that that is that that we feel there's an argument against. I mean, the the fact what I'm hearing so far, nothing is surprising me. So are are we saying that that I mean, even the single email thing? Okay, you you have you're allowed to the the moment you get somebody's email, you you have legal right to send them an email. Okay, but well, I'm that's, saying that's I'm that's saying that. going beyond that, someone at Facebook can look up 
what is it that people are most afraid to say after they type it but don't submit it in a comment to somebody? What are people's greatest fears? Uh, again, you're fear mongering now, right? You're just you're just throwing doom out and these glooming. I'm doom and glooming. Scenarios. That's trademarked for no, a reason. You're, you're, you've moved you've moved beyond doom and gloom, right? <laughs> you're 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 fudding, right? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Now this is not this doom and gloom anymore. So it's you know the the fudding aspect. I I really have a problem with. It's you know let's because we need to address the real problems and not the. Well, you know, this could happen. That's that's not happening. It's what is happening now. Is it legal? Is it moral? And should we be doing something to address it? That's the great debate about the Internet is all of these things that are happening on the Internet are operating in an undefined legal space. So all we have to operate on are our moral intuitions. Right. And, and that's another question. Whose legal space when when it does fall under some sort of legality, whose legal space is it falling under? We as the U.S. have always felt like we have authority over the internet, but well, we, we made it. You know, we invented it, and it's ours. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We should have kept it to ourselves. We should have built walls <laughs> around it. Damn you, Al Gore! <laughs> All right, come on. We're running. You you did a terrible job editing the last show, which went a hundred and or an hour and twenty minutes. And where are um, we at today? Where are we at today? Look, we're at not that. even near we're that. We're not even near hour and five minutes. This is the last article. So I, I honestly thought we were much later. <laughs> speaking of fear mongering, it feels like this has been going on forever. What you're Holy very crap. drunk. <laughs> I'm out. Look. I had two. I had wine and I had scotch, and I'm out of both. Look yeah, at that. there's a little. See, I'm, I'm high. This feels like we're on our fourth day. <gasps> Holy crap! Did you see that? There's a cat. There's, there's a cat climbing, climbing your curtain. There's a cat climbing your background. <laughs> She's they're climbing the walls to get to end the show. We must finish. So uh, the article here from DSL Reports states that AT&T says it may soon charge you extra for privacy. Um, See, having read, private, just pay. Having read the articles uh, and, the, and the references that they're stating, it basically points back to something that AT&T did a while ago where they started charging between $531 and $800 more each year if customers wanted to opt out of AT&T's Internet Preferences Program. Um, AT&T used this to launch an ad-supported Internet service so that you could get free Internet in response for viewing ads that were injected onto your web pages. Uh, people got really, really upset about it. AT&T rolled it back. But now, so now that net neutrality is getting, getting demolished, People are going back to AT&T and saying, hey, what are you guys going to do now? And uh, it doesn't appear that AT&T is hiding their intentions even in the slightest bit. I mean, it's it's real dark over there. Um, <clears throat> and so the hey, quote, we won't collect your data if you pay us more? Basically. Uh, and we know that it's morally wrong and we're still thinking about doing it because we won the net neutrality battle. Um they're, they're quoting this article quotes Quinn. Okay, AT and T, AT and T senior vice president Bob Quinn was quoted as saying, "As the privacy revolution evolves, I think people are going to want more control. 
And maybe that's the pricing model that's ultimately what consumers want. So he's basically saying, as people become aware of how their privacy is invaded, we can sell them their privacy back to them. And that people will want to be able to buy their privacy back, which is a super dark statement for the senior vice president of the number one telecommunications system in the world. That's to me, that's 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 a crazy direct quote for someone at that level to say, because it's basically saying we are going to monetize privacy. So the quote, the quote again, as the privacy revolution evolves, I think people are going to want more control, and maybe that's the pricing model that's ultimately what consumers want. That is a terrifying statement for someone in that position to make, that privacy is going to be monetized and that people will embrace that. And the only way that people will embrace that is if privacy gets taken away. Is if 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 we are made aware of the privacy violations, this is a, this is like a, a mob style shakedown. It'd be terrible if something were to happen to your privacy. You wouldn't want that. Look at the LifeLock guy; <laughs> his life was ruined. We could save you from that kind of torture. It, it really this is this a uh, it's doom and gloom. That's a dark statement for someone at that level to make. I don't know. What do you guys think? Anything not all at to make once. Money. Not all at once. It is. It is anything to make money. It is capitalism uh, I mean, that is most pure. Uh, yeah, I'm not not surprised by it, and especially, you know, yeah, that's exactly right. They'll, they're going to take the privacy away and sell it back to you piece by piece. Of course, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and then they'll take, it, they'll take it away again. Yeah. <laughs> AT and T. When I worked at bowlingball.com, they went, they sent a cease and desist letter telling bowlingball.com they couldn't use the logo because it was it too closely resembled the AT&T logo. And to me, they're completely different. They happen to be blue lines that make a sphere, but it's not the same. Anyway, but, AT&T lost. And this is all coming with a huge merger that AT&T is trying to get through that it looks like they're going to get through. Um, and it, it, it seems like if cable internet, if broadband weren't a monopoly, this would be unacceptable. This wouldn't, this wouldn't pass muster, but the fact that broadband internet is a monopoly in America, I mean, I'm getting screwed right now. I just hit a one terabyte limit on my Comcast connection and they're saying, well, yeah, we're going to charge you 10 bucks for every 50 gigs over your limit now. I've got three kids that are streaming YouTube nonstop. So it's going to be 50 bucks a day. At It's going to be a nightmare. I have to switch to, to Comcast Business to remove the terabyte cap on my connection per month, which is double the price for half the speed. Yep. And I have no alternatives in my area. So screw me. Or put something in that limits your kids' bandwidth so that they get served two forty instead yeah, so, of so so don't get what I pay quality? for. Don't get what I pay for, yeah, basically. basically. And Cox is just I announced have, that I, they're I, gonna I, introduce I this limit as getting, well. I haven't been getting what I paid for. I found that out today. So so I call my Cox 
people up, and I'm like, hey, yeah, this wire is laying here. We talked about that earlier in the show. I don't know if you remember that far back because it's been a while. That was a long time. Like, that was a long time ago. I'm like, hey, this wire's uh, laying here. Um, can you guys come out and take a look at it? And he's like, yeah, we'll come out and take a look. Hey, by the way, I'm looking at your account. Do you realize your inter- internet speed, we doubled it, but your modem doesn't su- support the new speed, so you're only getting half of what you're paying for. Doxis I'm 3. Like, did not know that. What, I got that it? same. I got that same notification from Comcast. Yeah. They they said you don't have a Doxis three modem. You need to get a Doxis three modem. And I got the information through an invasive injected ad in my web browser. And they're wrong, because I bought my modem instead well, of renting it. So they're calling yeah. it not Doxis three because they don't know what it is. I talked yeah. to a human being first off, and second thing, I'm like, well, what do I need to do? He goes. Well, you know, we have modems, but you, it's probably cheaper if you go buy one. You just want to make sure you have a, I forget, a 30 by 8. He's like, just make sure it supports 30 by 8 or some some number like that. And you'll be fine. And I like, talk to people. I mean. I'm so. Yeah, you know, I'm you got to so do that from time good. to time. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought these flowers. You know, I bought flowers once. There was a bee and it stung me in the ass, swelled up like a tomato. What are you doing with your flowers? Their beast stung you in the ass. <laughs> Look, mom, a vase. We got it. <laughs> you, you've got a you've got a real issue with doom and gloom there, Thomas. You need to you need to see somebody about so, that. So you're gonna buy a modem, basically. I I, I bought a modem. Wait, Amazon next Amazon next day, baby. It's it's it'll be here so tomorrow. Re- so you were renting before that. So you're no 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 no. I I own my modem. I haven't rented a modem in a, in forever. So oh, I just, yours is just old. Yeah, yeah, it was just old. It was okay. a few years old. So I just went to Amazon. It'll be here tomorrow. I'm excited. All right, gentlemen. As always, great show. Episode sixty-seven in the can. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. I'm John Congdon. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.